Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Little Darlings was a huge hit. Made for less than $5 million. It made $35 million. And that's in 1980 money. It started two of America's darlings at the time, Tatum O'Neill, the youngest Oscar winner in history, and Christy McNichol, who was on every Teeny Bopper magazine as the star of the TV hit drama Family. And if you want to know more about Jeffrey Epstein, it starts here. Yeah, this is 80s Movie Guide. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. Little Darlings is about two 15-year-old girls who compete at a summer camp uh, to see who will lose their virginity first. And you will cringe the entire time. The entire time. It is astonishing that this movie got made. I know. It, it <laughs> You're just watching it in horror. Wait, my first question is, um, were the writers met? We were watching, while we watched the film, <laughs> there, were a, there were things said that we looked at each other and we're like, obviously men wrote this. Men did not write this. Oh. Two women wrote it. Well, like, I thought that in the beginning, that, like, men wrote it. But then towards the end, when, like, they're, like the girls are realizing that, you know, sex isn't what they thought it would be. It's not a fairy tale. You then know? it seemed more like a mom wrote yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like hooked you in with the premise. Like and then... no guy is going to like have a 15-year-old girl start crying after sex <laughs> and then and um, then say it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And yeah. you're like, oh, like, yeah. So no it, guy understands that. Right. So, I mean, I this film is not particularly easy to find. So I actually, but, I, but you can rent it. Um, but... Uh, it's just so astonishing uh, that it got made. But the scene that we're talking about, if you haven't seen it, is that um, one of the girls, Christy McNichols' character, does wind up having sex. That is a major spoiler. We assume you've seen the movie if you're listening to us. Um, but, you know, and, and with Matt Dillon, and afterwards she's upset about it. She's crying. Not like, you know, sobbing, but like crying. And just think, oh, you know, I didn't think it was going to be so intimate. I didn't know that it was going to be like that. And that is the part that maybe has some responsibility in it because... Uh, you know, the idea is that you hear about it and there might be pressure at some point, uh, you know, like just thinking, I don't know if it's at 15 it's anymore, not at 15. <laughs> but maybe, you know, somewhere in the college years, uh, maybe, I don't know, that, that you, that, I think the new concern, and you tell me, is that boys will maybe not want to have sex with you if you're a virgin. That's not true. Boys want to have sex with you more if you're a virgin, because it's terrible, but guys love having that over you. The conquest. The con- yeah. That they, right. And so that's, that's, that's how it was when, well, you know, when I was a teenager, which I was 10 in 1980, um, and then, you know, graduated high school in 1988. So, so for me, what I saw mostly in the years in which people might be talking about having sex, it was more appealing to be a virgin. You wanted to be a good girl. Yeah. That's the sort of thing that was fed to us about the way to behave. So, well, like it's y- it's more if if a guy if you want a guy to date you, you sh- like if you're a virgin, that's a huge like up there. But if you're like known for not being a virgin, guys probably won't want to date you and will probably just go after sex. Yeah, yeah, 
Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's universally true. I yes. mean, you watch that in, in, uh, I mean, only knowing how to get this through media at happy days. I remember there used to be a divorcee who moved in near the Cunninghams and, uh, you know, she was hot to trot, meaning they thought that they could all get laid, you know, yeah. like, because just because she had had sex before she'd been married. So she had had sex. Yeah. Um, but back to our film. <laughs> So, uh, you know, the, basically what happens is we have one girl, Krista Erickson is the actress who, well, these, this film is full of familiar kid faces, by the way. These kids were around. One of the things is we've talked about how there weren't a lot of kids' movies uh, about kids' problems and what kids were really going through until John Hughes sort of cracked that. But it, we started moving into it after Grease. It starts to move that way. But we had something called... ABC after school specials <laughs> and we all watched them. So everyone you see in this movie pretty much is uh been other than Tatum O'Neill who was a legit bona fide movie star in you know always before this award worthy films. Um really artistic like or well done and then she does this movie. So it was bizarre. But um everybody else was on The Facts of Life, on Different Strokes, you know, they were all on these TV shows, TV sitcoms, or, or that kind of thing. But, um, but Krista Erickson was one of those people. And, um, uh, you know, and she's a mean girl. She's a model. And she kind of gets everyone to say, well, you know, it's, it's like it's so weird if you're a virgin. And, you know, we come to find out by the end of the movie, they're all virgins except for her. And, I mean, to watch that now is just shocking because in, in the eras in which, you know, I mean – if you were the one doing that, everybody would be like, yeah, you're 15. You're, what the heck? What's wrong? Let's get you into therapy. I mean, I mean <laughs> you need she help. Was Can I hug you? <laughs> she was engaged. Right, right. To like a 20-something-year-old. Yeah. yeah. You, you, he looked old. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. She's, she was fast is what we would call yeah. her. You're right, right. And, um, uh, but this is, and this is what I don't know because I was 10, but I wasn't really cognizant of these things of, you know, we, we uh, of how... Like, I, okay, I can only make an assumption. So, and and this comes from talking to uh, Wendy Goldman of of uh, this is you know from ca- the writer of Casual Sex, mm-hmm. and and her telling us that the early eighties that women and what we see in Casual Sex that women could go have sex with guys as loosely as freely as openly have one night stands have elevator stands you know never see them again uh, in the early eighties and that that you know went away after AIDS um, and, and as this conservatism cr- creeped in and it flipped the other, completely the other way, you know, to where you were a slut if you had even had sex. Um, so I can only imagine that, you know, what we do know about the sexual revolution at the end of the 60s and that the 70s is more of, of this kind of era. We have a lot of drug use, a lot of free love kind of still feeling that it has drifted down as things do to teenagers so when I watch this movie, that's what's going through my mind is how realistic is this? Because it just wasn't my experience that girls this age would be that obsessed with sex. And there were things like Judy Bloom books where, you know, we were all reading where, you know, the, the characters who were like 13 or 14, I don't know, in my head they are. I'm not, I haven't read them in a while, but, you know, I must, I must, I must increase my bust. And there was just this whole idea that you had to be sexually attractive for men and that's, you know, that was part of your existence. And this film completely backs that way of thinking. Well, I think models, they look sexy and every guy wants them. So we're like, 
well, I want every guy to want me. Right. Yeah. So that's what, I mean, that's kind of just a girl thing, though, especially when it comes to models and actresses. Yeah. I mean, you want to look attractive. Yeah. But I'm just saying that, like, the idea of just being, like, this super sexual being at such a young age. Yeah. uh, And I think that's what I don't know. Well, what I'm saying is now, like, all, that that's everything, like, everything's going Kids are learning things way earlier than any of us did when we were super young. Like, I couldn't even imagine, like, doing anything in middle school. Like, not having, like, I barely had social media in middle school, and that was terrible. (laughs) But, like, all these kids are trying to get famous so easily doing stupid things and, like, trying to act sexy and trying to act gangster at, like, nine (laughs) and, like, stuff like that and just... It's it's just because of social media and all this it's other so stuff. It's so out there yeah. and it's so accessible. And yeah. kids are um, always aspire upwards. They always are reaching up. So you always want to be, you know, a few years older than you are. So if you're 10, you're looking at 13-year-olds and being like, man, they're so cool. And 13, you want to be 16. And 16, you want to be 18. 18. And 18, 18 you want to be 21. 21. <laughs> so bad. And then you hit 30 and you're like, no, no, we can slow the strain down. Um, but yeah. So, and I think, well, I'm just saying because yeah. the, the one character who's, she's the one pushing all of them and being like, you're stupid if you haven't lost your virginity because that means you're not sexy, which means you're not pretty, which means guys don't want you. Yeah. Like, that's just what's implanted in our heads just with everything. Yeah. To some, Yeah, I guess I can see your point that, that, that she could be the devil on your shoulder saying that. Yeah. But it's another thing to be in a race to lose your virginity. Oh, no, that's the totally summer. wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just <laughs> right. saying yeah. that girls are aspiring to be sexier, younger, and younger and younger yeah you know sorry that was loud it's and it's honestly terrible (laughs) and i hate it but like because we look at old photos of us in middle school and we're wearing the ugliest khakis like t-shirt like terrible and then you see all these girls like who are like 11 and they're wearing crop tops and mini skirts and all this stuff and it like really does i'm like oh my gosh why yeah but you remember you wanted to wear stuff like you yeah but every time i wore it i felt super exposed that's why i always wore oversized t-shirts most of the time Mm -hmm. and now i like only wear jeans like i don't wear leggings i don't really wear shorts unless it's like summertime is super hot skirts if i'm feeling it i'll do it but it's only if i'm feeling it yeah yeah i think you're uh, you're you're extraordinary though i don't think that everyone's like that what well you know i mean you, you dress you're you dress like a tomboy most of the time no i know but i'm just saying like like it's because you dress like chrissy mcnichol it, you, you dress like angel in this movie yeah i know <laughs> there was i related a lot and especially because i liked her boy more than i liked the teacher <laughs> can we talk about how angel and randy uh christy mcnichol and matt Dillon have the same haircut in yeah, this movie that was the first thing i saw like, she she had some Christy McNichols hair was feathered, you know, because that was the thing, and uh, but it was sort of straight and, and feathered short. and hit, but like kind of shoulder length, right? Yeah, and but so it was looks, his. It looks like a guy's haircut because it's so it's not like to your shoulders all the way to the end of your shoulder. It's like mm-hmm. starting from the bottom of your neck up, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like a little bowl. Um, so let's talk quickly. I, I, I really want to know how this movie got greenlit, how this was pitched, why they said yes. What I found so far, and of course we always make a page on 80smovieguide.com uh, 
to back up the 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 movie and and get all of the behind the scenes information. So the writers, there's Kimmy Peck, cannot find any information on her uh, other that she was at one time married to the grandson of Gregory Peck, and that's the name Peck. And then she worked at a shelter. A dog shelter. And that's it. That's all. That's her only credit is writing this. That's all there is about her. I'm sure she has a different name now, and that's why. But no info on her. No idea how old she was. None of that. Um, the other writer uh, is was 40 when she wrote this. And she gave an, and she writes a lot. A lot of it is a little bit what I'd call teen exploitation, which is what I would describe this as, which is these films which were to understand teens better, but really seem like they were more about exploiting teens. So her first project was Dawn, Portrait of a Teen Runaway, that starred Jan from The Brady Bunch uh, as a runaway who turns to prostitution. (laughs) And then her second movie was Alexander, The Other Side of Dawn, which was about a male prostitute uh, who, you know, another runaway who has dreams and then becomes a gay prostitute. So, like... It sounds like (laughs) she's a very dark past (laughs) and that she's done a lot in those 40 years of living when she wrote this. And that she has a story to freaking tell. Well, it seems like she's telling them. In 2000, one of her last credits is uh, a movie called Baby Love about a teenager who gets pregnant to sell her babies. Exactly. (laughs) She has some issues that she needs to work out and she feels like maybe telling other people through movies is the best way. Well, what Which she honestly said about, yeah. is what I think, why I think this movie was made. Because in the end, like we said, like in the beginning, we're like, guys wrote this. Girls aren't like this. Like, yeah. But when I thought about it, I was kind of like, okay, we all have celebrity crushes when we're 10. Like everybody loved One Direction from, you know, like five years old to 16, maybe 18. Like, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Right. We all had that crush we so we do i mean you know you see a ton of guys diving into the lake who are shirtless oh okay and they're all older and it's kind of like ooh la la like you I don't know? know see to me this plays into the idea of playgirl was a thing and in 1980 at least if you were a kid i don't know like we knew it existed pictures of naked guys but women were not the no, primary not. buyers of that. But that is nobody what they, is. But, nobody watches gay porn, <laughs> <laughs> like unless you're gay, right? Right, and that's what I'm saying is the idea that women really want to see men's penises just hanging out all the yeah, time. But they're, but they're not looking at their penises and they're not yeah. daydreaming about their penises. They're looking at their abs and how they're strong, older boys, like, who are quote-unquote mature. Okay, okay. Who are diving into a lake and all wet. And, like, isn't that every, like, have you ever heard of, like, a pool boy who's mowing the grass and he's all wet and but, sweaty and well, then moms yeah, look at him? Okay, that's yeah. different than no. a bunch of guys. I don't no, know. It's the not. whole thing seemed weird to me. Do guys go skinny dipping? Just in crushes. massive groups while they're at camp? Does that happen? And none of I them, feel like it doesn't. None of them would have actually talked to them um, like if the entire game, virginity game, didn't happen. Okay. No I one guess, would have talked to them. I guess that my issue, I mean, there's some obvious issues with the film. Girls admire from far away because right. once we know their personalities, we don't like them anymore, <laughs> which is exactly what happened with Angel. Uh-huh. Right, right. She was like, that wasn't, I'm good. I loved when they had sex and he was like, well, what did I do? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> he's just crying on the ground. He's like, what's, like, I don't understand. Yeah. But I think. What, what the green light on this was at the end of it, you see that the girls are like, 
dang, this is super intimate and a personal thing that I didn't think this is what this was. I thought this was something that was fun that everyone likes to do. So, so this is so what, that's why I think I think it's for you think your, that they were like, oh, okay, but we have this great message girls. at the end. Yes, but it didn't come off that way because then it just gave us this thing of we're sexualized at such a young age and we can you know and men are perverts. <laughs> yeah, because so. this is my this is the point. The point is that. And I think this is Hollywood thinking, oh, but in the end, they learned that that's not really what they should be doing. So it's okay that we've made a movie that from start to finish, these girls have nothing to talk about except getting laid and boys. They have nothing else in their lives to talk about. They're not sharing. Angel isn't sharing about her, you know, life with her single mom and how it's hard. And and uh, Tatum O'Neill never really shares well, uh, you know, uh, okay, Ferris never really okay, shares okay, that her okay, parents okay. are divorcing and that she's upset but and what it's like. Thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That, but that's not the point of the movie. And the thing is, it's about like how sex. Wait, you is are it defending this you movie, should, my friend. I I know. <laughs> Because, uh, no, I'm defending of what you're saying because now that I've had friends that are super, I'm super open and I'm super like, these are my feelings. I'm sad right now. I'm angry right now. Like, this is why. Like, I tell people so that they know not to push me and whatever, right? But now I have friends that are super kept in and kept to themselves because they don't want to bother anyone with their issues and they don't want to get close to anyone or personal that, that yeah. quickly. They're slow. So I do understand, like, the entire time Angel Angel wasn't saying anything I understood why she doesn't want to get personal with these girls because she doesn't really want to make friends okay so I'll give you that 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 might be how it is in real life but I don't know that that's good writing I know but I'm saying that's how it is in real life and that wasn't the point of the movie the point it wasn't you don't the point, think if you spent an entire summer with a bunch of girls you would never start talking more about your own lives Ferris besides talking just, she only but she only talked to when if you hear your parents are getting divorced, do you want to go out and tell everybody that your parents are getting divorced? Well, I no, don't know you're if you're going to sit in bed for a week. Yes, you're, not... you're going to wallow if you actually care that much. But you'll still keep talking about having sex with the camp counselor. She wasn't. No, she was talking about having sex. Like she still went and pursued but him that and was did like everything she needed to after, do for the vet. And that was two weeks after she was feeling sad. And I mean, like. Everybody, wasn't everyone getting divorced during the time? No, not in 1980. It starts to happen, well, actually, yes. It starts happening a lot more in 1980. So that was, that was. They, no, they, she said, you go to Reno when you're trying to get divorced. So it's known yeah. that there's a place you go to get divorced, which means a lot of people are getting divorced. No, 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 you're right. In 1980, this is, this is, this is following the whole, this is following the femi- feminist movement and also what, she says is my mom's going to go find herself and my dad says she needs time to think and this was you know again Kramer versus Kramer was made the year before which uh was showing what was going on at the time is as these women's had as women were making their own income and had women's liberation and realized you know I am I something I am something other than a wife and a mother right. and what is that and who am I and so this whole movement happened where families were getting divorced because wife were like wait a second why am I with you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this isn't what I want. Uh, but you know, and 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 as that happened, it you know things kind of fell apart, apart a little irresponsibly. I, I want to focus on um, the film though, and talking about th- 
the idea that Christy, let's just start with Christy McNichol smoking nonstop throughout the whole film. Yeah, okay. This, okay, the first thing that I was like, this is not realistic, is the fact that the summer camp was super fun. Mm-hmm. Like, summer camps <laughs> are never fun. Church camps are never fun. It doesn't matter how many activities you give me, I don't want to do them. Um, and I don't want to be in nature, have no cell phone service. They, they all suck. Um, second... The fact that they could literally do whatever they want and nobody noticed. Like, no one noticed that they went and stole a school bus. Right. No one noticed no that one they noticed. stole the school bus. No one noticed that she was um, taking the kayak or what the boat out and going to see Randy, like, almost every, every night. night. I know. And I think we're supposed to draw that it's happening more than every time they yeah. show us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what else? They have them with the binoculars sneaking off and looking at the boys across the lake. They have sneaking off during the the chorus line or whatever they're doing during the play that's going on. She's smoking during the play. She's smoking she's the smoking whole time, the entire time on that bus. I, she's always smoking. Where did she get the cigarettes? And then when she has the beer and uh, Randy's I like, brought her from home. I brought it from home. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, okay. I mean, times have changed. Uh, but you know, I can, I can conceive that they weren't doing bag checks back then. No. Uh, I can also conceive they don't that, do them now. that they were a lot less, um, that they were just a lot less stringent back then. And the fact that, you know, when we find after Ferris tells her friends that she had sex with the camp counselor, who's twice her, you know, looks like he's close to twice her age. Uh, and then she goes to see him and he's like mad cause he got in trouble, but he's still there. Yeah. Like what? You had sex with a 15 year old you know, camper, and you still have your own sweet cabin. <laughs> like they haven't kicked you out immediately. You know, there's a security guard driving you off premise, and you have your cardboard box. Like no, maybe you're and not even that. The police would haul you off. Yeah. The police, you wouldn't even get to leave on your own accord. Yeah. But that's how different things were. And it seemed like the legal age for like that's not being underage is 21. At the time. And for drinking? No. Oh, for, for sex. sex. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she kept being like, when I'm 21, I'm like, it's 18, honey. But, like, it's only three more years. But, <laughs> uh. um, but I, I think that the greater idea of this and how it affected your parents is not what the tidy ending was, but rather what the message is that it's putting out, which is more dominant than the resolution. So this movie was rated R. Okay, so that means 10-year-olds like me didn't see it. it. But we knew that it existed, and we knew what it was about, you know? And so when you... But you didn't get to see the message. You didn't even get to see the message. Yeah, and you you just have the premise. And when you maybe did watch it later on HBO because your parents weren't home, you know, and and, and, because they all worked after school, like you didn't have a mom home, so you just went home and turned on HBO, then you saw it. And that end thing isn't what was going to penetrate your brain. The entire rest of the movie, where it's all about kids trying to have sex, where this is how, the, you're, if you're a kid, you're thinking, oh, this is what you do. The smoking, the drinking, yeah. you know, um, that that is what, as a, as, okay, when I'm a teenager, I'm supposed to be sexually attractive. I'm supposed to want to have sex. I, you know, smoking is cool because Christy McNichol was cool, you know, and, and those are the ideas. But maybe that's that come why across. they made it rated R. 
Well, I mean, yeah. So I can and say, also, I can I'm, give them, a, I can take my cap off to the fact that they did appropriately rate it and any theater that was actually monitoring weren't letting, you know, 12-year-olds, who I don't think any 10-year-old would be interested in seeing it, but like 15-year-olds did, 14-year-olds, I'm sure they snuck in and saw it. I'm sure they did. Sure. Because these are the, I mean, if you had Selena Gomez and Miley Cyrus when you were that what's age, a, wouldn't what's, you what's go What's a rated R movie you haven't let me see? Because there's a lot. What's a rated R movie I haven't let you see? Sausage Party. Okay, well, I saw it anyways. I know. And guess what? <laughs> that I've seen raunchier shit. Okay. So at Any... the time, and I was 16. Okay, Pineapple Express. I don't even know. Thank God. Is. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, this is the end. James Franco. Any, any oh, Seth wanted, Rogen movie. Oh, I love Seth Rogen movies. See, I know. They're the best. And so, and by the way, what's wrong with your generation is Seth Rogen and Judd Apatow. That's what's wrong with your generation. No, you know what? Because they did no. the exact same thing with drugs. Drugs are cool. Drugs are fun. Drugs are awesome. You know, and not really showing, oh, you know, all the problems that come along with it. I mean, they it. are rated R movies, though. There's a reason they're rated R. And so even if moms... But the thing and is... this is the point. Even if I forbid you from seeing it, and I try my hardest to monitor what you view... I mean, there was something you watched at a party with all your friends when you were, like, 14... I can't remember what rated R movie it was, but it was on those lines. And you're like, oh, yeah, we watched whatever. You know, it was it was like a Seth Rogen movie. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, you can't control it. It is so hard. And that's why, you know, the responsibility needs to be greater than that. So if you're making a movie all about 15-year-olds and stuffing it full of stars that matter to young teens, then you should be responsible about the content that you're creating, knowing it will get into their hands. And that's who the, and so by the way, the 35 million take at the box office, let's just assume it was probably going to be 70 million if all the kids had actually gone to see it. I mean, how many, honestly, how yeah, many 60 year olds were seeing it, that film? I'm just how many 45 year olds said, let's go see this movie? All I'm saying is what they're trying to do, what they're trying to say is that all girls have to go through this point in time. We do. All girls have to go through it. And that's why they don't, like, Angel doesn't say anything about her family. Uh, Ferris doesn't say anything about her family because it's not about that. It's not about they're they come from two totally different things. Ferris is rich and fancy, and Angel is poor and ratchet or ghetto or whatever, whatever you want to call it. But they are dealing with the exact same issue. That's why they don't. Ex that's why that's the main premise of the thing because all girls have to deal with it, and then they show that once Angel did it because she's not a little pussy and <laughs> she realizes that she totally shouldn't have done it because it's an intimate thing and it's something you should do with someone that you know you're dating or that you know and she already knew that you shouldn't be giving it to guys that's why she was so hesitant at first right she already knew that yeah kids are going through stuff that like it's just funny to me that parents parents don't know anything that's going on with their children whether it's at school whether it's during breaks, like, or when they're out. Like, you guys don't know anything. Well, I mean, I think we have to try and know. I mean, we can, there's a couple of approaches, right? We can look at your phone. We can monitor yeah. your social media. Yeah. Do you like that? No. Okay, and so... But I I'm saying it doesn't... So I we're try not, not going to post bad things we're doing on social or media. Or from you. How, I mean, or from the kids. Like, you have to tell us. Kids, how, are, kids aren't going to tell you. How else do you want parents to... But how else do you want parents to monitor that? You want us invading we your privacy? We don't want you monitoring Okay, so you're, you're because coming... Because you make everything uncomfortable for us. Riley, so you're saying... 
two different things. You're coming at parents for not knowing what's going on in their I'm kids' lives. I'm not coming for them. I'm just saying that they don't. And at the same time, I'm just explaining to you why. So the choice is, like for me with you, it was to trust you. But what you didn't know is that then I would see, because you didn't know that when you got a phone that all the pictures went to iCloud and it like showed up on my computer. So I saw all these things you were saying and doing. And so then it's a matter of like, okay, what do I do about this? You know, I mean, some of them were hard because you would take like a hundred pictures of yourself at one time in the same shot. But that's uh, what middle schoolers do. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the movie uh, go, because we only have a couple more minutes. We're going to wrap this up, and I really want to get to the premise of our show, which is what's wrong with your parents. Do you concede and agree that when you put these things out there for young people to? consume or understand if it just exists in the world then it it influences them and it influences their behavior i agree okay thank you i'm not i never said i disagreed with that i was just giving it the other point of view of why this movie was probably made yeah that's just what i'm assuming as as i put the pieces together that's why it was probably green lighted because at the end they give a valuable story that a lot of girls don't know yeah because like angel asked her mom What's the big deal about sex? And her mom said, I don't know. Her, her mom didn't tell her anything. Kids' parents aren't telling them anything because they don't want to give... They don't want to be like, well, sex is like yeah. this dirty... It is like this dirty thing, you know? And they don't want... They obviously don't want their kids doing it. Well, so that's... they don't tell them anything about it. But then that gives us the curiosity to then go do it ourselves and then be like, dang. No one told me it was going to be like this. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Do you feel like... I mean, because I tried that's to... That's the feel. That's why the movie How do you feel? Because I tried to not position... I didn't... No, my parents, I, it's not about me. I'm just saying. Okay. In this movie, uh-huh. they show that the mom doesn't give her any information on what she's doing, which most kids didn't have the internet back then. And the idea, And they though, didn't know because their moms were trying to protect them from right. something dirty. That's something they shouldn't be doing yet. Yeah. But because of that... Haven't you ever heard um, strict parents make sneaky kids? <laughs> no, but that's That's great. like one of, the, like, in my generation, that's one of, like, the biggest sayings out there. Uh-huh. If you're strict on us, that's just going to make us be sneakier around you. Okay, this is, I feel like there you have so many screenplays inside of you. Sneaky kids is number two after your Less Than Zero remake about the you don't Bay. even You don't even know Twitter. You don't even, like, <laughs> you don't even know. T- if you just downloaded Twitter, like, I my have Twitter. Entire, I know, but you don't follow in the people I follow. Oh, I it's see. it's my generation people. Yeah. And all of them use humor and, like, messed up jokes to, like, like, overpower, like, uncomfortableness or nervousness or, like, um mental health issues they're like i'm depressed so i'm gonna make a really messed up joke but it's actually funny if you if you relate to it Mm -hmm. you know um any other strong feelings about the film um just that it was so cringy like i just could not get matt especially because it's matt dylan just Mm -hmm. touching a girl that looks like she's 12 yeah like that just hurt in reality I, i looked up their ages while they were filming Christy McNichol was 17, Tatum O'Neill was 16, Matt Dillon was 
16 or 15. Okay, so he was the same age. He was actually a little younger. Oh, well, it, she's so small compared yeah. to he's so tall. It just looked like so uncomfortable. And he was but supposed Cynthia to be like Nixon, an 18 year old. Who plays Sunshine was only 13. And so to me, that's also the cringy part of this is that you had, you know, none of the subject matter should be anything that kids should, even actors, should be having to express and interact with the dialogue. And the fact that you have a 13 year old. I mean, most of the TV shows and movies, the reason they're so messed up or the big takeaway from it is usually, like, usually there's a child that's involved in it, Mm -hmm. you know? And then you're like, oh, this is messed up because now there's a child involved. Yeah. That's usually what makes it messed up and makes you realize, like, oh, they shouldn't be dealing with this right now, (laughs) especially as an act, even as a kid actor. Yeah. Like, that's always in the back of your head, like, wow, they're cussing a lot for a six-year-old. Uh-huh. Like, they're talking about sex a lot for a nine-year-old, like, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, We are trying to get a hold of the uh, movie Foxes that came out the same year, actually, just a like a month ahead of this one. Very similar subject matter, not at a summer camp, but teens at a, you know, teens having sex, doing drugs uh, in the in the valley. And Jodie Foster was in that, and apparently they competed a lot for um, talent with this film. And uh, it's, it's like impossible to get a copy of that. This one is also, Little Darlings is also hard to find. But the reason is supposedly not because of the content, <laughs> but rather because of the soundtracks, um, the music, the music in Little Darling. So we got one way or another from Blondie, which surprised me. And then uh, there was a song at the end. About I, Cherry. Oh, there was well, no, that cherry. was like a folk song. But then, um, yeah, I mean, I'll, by the way, the music in this song is so on the nose, like with whatever's going on. There's a song about the first time that plays when she and when Angel and Randy like go off in their canoe, and it's just like, come on. But um, but actually, the the director said that the reason is is that they're all of the songs he said were um, like on the verge of being hits when they into the but the licensing they they don't have they have the licensing to show it in a theater and mm-hmm. broadcast TV, but they don't have licensing for DVD or any of these technologies that emerge later with the music. And so that's why you can't find it. But, um, but you know, I say watch this if you are uh, an adult and Honestly? can watch it. And, and by the way, let's get back to the Jeffrey Epstein thing before we close out. So, you know, when we look at these gross old men now who are like Jeffrey Epstein, who now we know was like sex trafficking teenagers and, you know, giving teens, it appears, to Prince Andrew and Donald Trump and powerful men all over the world, teenage girls – and you're just, it's so gross. But you know what? It's movies like this that kind of give guys the okay, right? You have you have Tatum O'Neill gooey-eyed at an old a guy twice her age and want trying to have sex with him. You you oh, look how sexual they are. They want to have sex. The entire film is about girls talking about and wanting to have sex. And so in a weird, perverted, messed up way, you know, some men receive that message that it's mutual, you know? And, I mean, even if they're acquiring them or paying for them or whatever, there's somewhere in their brain a little switch that makes them think that, you know, it's naughty, but it's kind of okay. And 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 I, I think that we have – it's not just Little Darlings. It's the fact that there's a lot of films like this. And well, it's I like mean- culminatively a lot of this kind of stuff in the late 70s to – for about a decade until the late 80s. Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah. One little thing we can give little darlings, though, is that she did not have sex with the teacher. She did or, not have sex. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It looked that's like the it one was going there and I was give. vomiting. Because, because that, that's there's movies and TV shows where that happens. Like, uh-huh. you know, so I'm just like, we can give them that. that Those they, shows are called Dateline. But, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the news. No, it's not. They're what? not movies. No, I know. I'm kidding. Because if you do that, then, you know, there was like a whole, yeah, whatever. Okay. I'm Tara McNamara. Pretty, Pretty, oh, did that happen to me? Okay. Well, they hooked up before she knew that he was her teacher. See, that's the modern day twist. Yeah. That's how we all make it okay. Um, All right. Thanks for listening. I'm Tara McNamara. I'm Riley Roberts. You can find us on social media at 80s Movie Guide. And please go to the website, 80smovieguide.com. And please subscribe to hear more of our podcasts. I'm going to see you. I'm going to meet you, meet you, meet you, meet you one day. Maybe next week I'm gonna meet ya. I'm gonna meet ya. I'll meet ya. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.